Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. Weird Medicine contains mature contents that uh, may be offended to some listeners. <laughs> What did they wrong then? It, you know, your old house is like an oven. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola vibes dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments. The health equivalent of Citizen Kane And if I don't get it now in the tablet I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane I want a requiem for my disease So I'm paging Dr. Steve It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio Now a podcast, now on Spotify, now on Pandora I'm Dr. Steve, and this is a show for people who had never listened to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Lady Diagnosis, who will be back next week, at Dr. Scott D, uh, WM. It's Dr. Scott WM. He'll be back next week, too. Visit our website at weirdmedicine.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store, cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. That website is also uh, drsteve.com. Most importantly, we're not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, or whatever. All right, very good. Please don't forget to check out um, stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com. I now have the Navage 
um, uh, device on there that saved my ass during um, the um, uh, most recent bout of sinusitis. Stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs. Even if you don't want something that I'm selling, please go there. Click through to Amazon. Shop to your heart's desire. It won't cost you a penny. Um, also, a tweakedaudio.com offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for those of you that got new uh, Fitbit Versus or Fitbit Ionics uh, for the holidays. You, to get the most out of that, um, you need a set of wireless headphones, and they have very reasonably priced ones at tweakedaudio.com. And better than that, they have the best customer service anywhere. Go to simplyherbals.net to check in on Dr. Scott. And uh, don't forget to go to premium.drsteve.com, premium.drsteve.com. Uh, that's our um, premium service. It's a buck ninety nine a month. If you use offer code FLUID because I screwed it up and it got, everybody's accounts got canceled, you didn't lose any money. You just didn't renew automatically like you were supposed to. Um, uh, for a, If you use offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, you get a huge discount. So please do that. Please sign back up. I promise if we get up to a, a certain level, I'll start putting more uh, content in there uh, that you will enjoy. So, But you have right now access to all of our previous premium content plus access to all of the shows going back to the very first one on Riotcast. All right, so that's premium.drsteve.com. You all have heard me talk about... Uh, the um, weight loss program that I'm on, um, it's called Noom, N-O-O-M. If you go to Noom, N-O-O-M dot drsteve.com, and if you want to try it, you can sign up. You get 20% off of your membership, uh, and you get free two free weeks free, which you would even if you didn't go to noom.drsteve.com. They'll give you the first two weeks free. It's, I think, way cooler than Weight Watchers. It's 10 bucks less a month than Weight Watchers. And it's more than that if you get the 20% off. And um, you get an individual counselor, a group, a group counselor. And Noom is all about psychology eating. There's no forbidden foods. But if you want to have something that you normally would not think would be a food that you could have if you were on a quote-unquote diet rather than a lifestyle management program. You just have to plan for it. So if I want to eat a burger and fries, I can do it. Um, I just need to plan for it. And uh, this has been a revelation to me. And um, they're not even sponsors. This is just my code. I, I just This is something right now I really believe in. It's been very successful for me. It's changed the way I think about eating, and I just feel better. I'm more energetic. I've lost uh, a shit ton of weight. Well, for me, um, you know, I'm down 15 pounds right now, and I'm on my way to losing 30. I just bought new clothes uh, because now I can't fit in my fat pants anymore. Well, I can fit in them. I just can't wear them because they fall off. So anyway, go to noom.drsteve.com. Noom.drsteve.com. Get 20% off and um, uh, two free weeks of Noom. I hope you all had a great holiday season. I know I did. We were sick AF. And I know uh, our friend over at uh, Compound Media has also been sick with the same thing. And it's whatever this is going around. I've had a bunch of people calling me um, have had cough. 
malaise, no fever, uh, runny nose, stuffy nose. And did I mention cough? Yeah, the cough goes on and on and on. Every time you laugh, you cough. You lay down to bed, you cough. And this thing lasted around four weeks. So uh, the common cold usually will last anywhere from three days to 14 days. And they swear you can reduce the duration by at least a day or two by using zinc lozenges. I have no problem with that. Um, uh, I think they're called cold ease. Don't use zinc nasal spray. That's been associated with anosmia, a.k.a. Um, loss of the ability to smell, and then by extension, loss of ability to taste. That happened to me once when I had um, uh, a sinus infection. I got some uh, swelling in the turbinates, which we've talked about. Those are the active tissues in the nose that swell up that make you give you nasal congestion. And um, uh, they they were so edematous or swelled up so much that um, they covered up my um, uh, s- s- smell sensors. The smell sensors are in the this ethmoid plate that's at the very top of the nose. Uh, it goes from, you know, the, the front of the head where your nose meets your head back. And uh, there's these little uh, 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 sensors there. They're little like hair-like uh, extensions that uh, sense molecules and put that all together and synthesize smells is pretty amazing. And, uh, uh, but it covered that so that all these uh, smells that I took into my nose could not get up there. So I lost my sense of smell and my kid has the most toxic flatus that, Oh, it's unbelievable. And it couldn't smell anything. Couldn't smell my food and couldn't taste my food. And the problem with that is I couldn't tell, you know, if if I ate a hot dog and it was rotten, I wouldn't be able to tell. And uh, there was no; it was almost uh, took it took my sent appetite away because I knew that I was missing flavors, and I would also miss off flavors. So, um, <clears throat> but it, it was rough. A uh, little uh, nasal steroids helped that out, and some Afrin nasal spray. So let's talk about symptomatic treatment for a viral infection. Now, if you have influenza, uh, hopefully you got your flu shot because if you did, even if you get it, you're going to most likely have a mild case and not end up in the hospital. But if if it's influenza, you want to present to your uh, primary care or urgent care or wherever to get treated. If you have shortness of breath with that and your lips are turning blue, uh, you and you'll know it when you see it. Uh, you need to go to the emergency room. Don't hesitate, um, because influenza, as you know, can become a very serious illness. Even when you recover from influenza, uh, if you have known flu and you sailed through it, and then all of a sudden you start coughing up green stuff and feeling like crap, and now you've got a recurrent fever. You may actually have a staphylococcal pneumonia. It's not uncommon uh, to have after. Influenza. I guess the influenza virus disrupts the mucous membrane inside the uh, lung and the alveoli to the point where they become susceptible to bacterial infection. So, but if you have influenza, go get checked. But if it's a cold uh, or this thing that's going around that seems to be a virus and uh, we are not able to, uh, you know, treat the underlying problem, 
Here's symptomatic treatment. And of all, as always, check with your primary care. Some of these things may be contraindicated for you, and I'll tick those off too um, if you're on blood pressure medicine or other medications. So make sure uh, when you're going to do a course of self-care that includes over-the-counter drugs that you talk it over with your primary care provider or you know, some health care provider. Anyway, um, so for runny nose – Runny nose is caused by, you know, liquid mucus that's being extruded or exuded um, or excreted from cells in the turbinates mostly. These are active tissues and they uh, often will be stimulated to produce this thin mucus by a, uh, a hormone called histamine. And uh, I, some bells are probably going off in your head. So that's what an antihistamine is for. So the antihistamines will block the activity of histamine at the level of the tissue and decrease the amount of snot that's being produced. Now, if you have um, a yellowish snot, it's not always a bacterial sinus infection. It could still be a sign of viral sinusitis. But um, And if you think you have a bacterial sinus infection, we'll take a little sidetrack. Most of the time you'll have pain in the cheekbones above, you know, right to the side of your eyes and you can tap on them and it hurts. You'll have greenish or yellowish mucus that may be darkening in color. And uh, you often will have malaise with that. Uh, One thing is the body, all of that snot that's in your nose, that's got white blood cells in it that makes it, makes it yellow like that, um, has to be cleared by the body. And you will not get well until the body clears all of it out of your system. So one thing, and I bought one of these. It's the greatest thing I ever bought. So we've always talked about the neti pot. When GVAC was here, we talked, he liked the neti pot. And Dr. Scott, you know, he's big hippie, so he likes the neti pot. But I found the 21st century neti pot. It's the coolest thing ever. It's called a navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. And I'll put it on stuff.drsteve.com when I finish recording this show so you can find it there. Um, It is um, a 21st century neti pot. It basically has a reservoir that has salt water in it that you put salt water in and you make it. You use sterile water, not tap water. We don't want amoebas in our head. Although that's exceedingly rare, but still, most tap water is fine. I would still – it's distilled water is so cheap. Just buy distilled water. And then they give you a little pack of uh, sterile saline, and that goes in there. And then it's got two little extrusions. You stick one in each nostril, and when you push the button – and there's videos of this um, – it shoots uh, saline in one nostril, and then there's a vacuum – on the in the other nostril that sucks it back out again. So it goes in one nostril, goes all the way back to the septum around, and the suction is strong enough. None of the fluid goes down into your throat if you do it right. It just circles around and comes out the other nostril because fluid's going to follow the path of least resistance. And you would not believe the even after you've blown your nose fifty times, the crap that will this thing will clean out. It's amazing and. Uh, when I was going through that, that thing gave me a whole lot of relief. So uh, any uh, molecule of mucus that's infected that you can 
take out mechanically is a molecule of mucus that's infected that your body doesn't have to clear. So you'll get better faster if you do that. So anyway, the Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, it's awesome. So I like it. Not a sponsor of the show. Uh, wish they were. I could promote the hell out of that. All right. So um, runny nose, antihistamines. Now, if um, you don't want to be sleepy, I would avoid the old school antihistamines like Benadryl. Sometimes it's great. You take one at bedtime, you sleep all night. They sell it as a sleep aid. As long as you don't have a reason not to take Benadryl, one of those would be in prostatic enlargement. Uh, you could take Benadryl. If it doesn't make you sleepy, it's fine. It's dirt cheap. Works really well. Otherwise, I recommend a, a non-drowsy antihistamine like Allegra or um, Cetirizine, which is um, starts with a Z. I can't remember it. Uh, Allegro is fexofenadine, and uh, those are or uh, Claritin, which is loratadine. For me, the fexofenadine or Allegro works the best. Uh, the other one is Zyrtec, cetirizine. Um, but you know, if one worked better than all the others, we'd only need one. So everybody's different. So that one works for me. One of the other ones might work better for you. So that is a stuffy nose. Uh, sorry, runny nose. For stuffy nose, you need a decongestant. So remember we talked about those terminates that are active tissues. They will swell up in the presence of inflammation and they will recede again in the presence uh, of not inflammation, I guess. And uh, the mechanism that they do that is by opening up uh, blood vessels and allowing fluid in the form of blood and then uh, to flow into those tissues, and that increases the uh, density of those tissues. And then that uh, in the presence of histamine particularly, uh, what will happen is the, um, the tight junctions in those blood vessels will open up and allow fluid, and it's a real thin mucus, but it's mostly water, to uh, leak out. And so now you've got these thick, boggy tissues that are now uh, leaking um, uh thin mucus, which you'll take care of with the antihistamine, but you still have these big boggy membranes in there and they occlude your airway in the nose. So uh, you want to use an, a, a decongestant. Now, some people who are on blood pressure medication can't take strong decongestants. Uh, you got to talk to your uh, treating provider. Which ones can you take? They have this coracidin HPB. Um, that's for uh, or um, HPB. HBP, it's for people with high blood pressure. All it is is a lower dose of the antihist of the uh, sorry of the uh, decongestant. So uh, de common decongestants are uh, uh, phenylephrine and a, a pseudoephedrine. We used to have phenylpropanolamine. I believe somebody told me that was off the market. And then uh, there's the nasal sprays where they have uh, these epinephrine-like things. And one that's called oxymetazoline, a.k.a. Afrin. And it's dirt cheap and it works so well to open up your nose that it can be addictive. Now, is it addictive in the sense that you lie, cheat, and steal and crave it and use it beyond harm? Not really. It's habit-forming. Why is it habit-forming? Because it works so well. It causes vasoconstriction of the blood vessels going into these turbinates. 
Uh, so vasoconstriction, meaning constricting of the blood vessels, so there's less fluid going in. The turbinates recede, and you open up your airway for 12 hours. Well, that takes a lot of energy to clamp down on um, a blood vessel for 12 hours. Even for these tiny little blood vessels, for them, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of heavy lifting. So when the stuff wears off, they go, oh, thank God, and they relax. And then, of course, they open up to wider than they were before. Uh, uh, so what that requires is you got to do it again. And you do it again and you do it again. Next thing you know, you're doing it not every 12 hours but every eight and then every six. And then you get to be like my maniac ex-wife who was doing it every 15 minutes. She would go through a bottle of Afrin every day. And, um, uh, you know, adverse effects abound when you get up into those ranges because that's not the way it was designed. So when you're vasoconstricting your nose, you could be vasoconstricting uh, vessels in your heart and other places. So it's, uh, that's the problem with this stuff. It works so well. So you can only use it for a few days. Now, if you only use it at bedtime uh, so that you can sleep with a clear nose, uh, you can uh, take Sudafed or one of the other ones in the morning or Dayquil that's got a decongestant in it in the morning and then do the Afrin at night. You're much less likely to have habit-forming behaviors you know, come from that but still can happen. So if you do it only once a day at bedtime, I'd recommend the Afrin uh, for no more than five to seven days. Okay, And uh, so you can take the pills or you can do the Afrin. Uh, again, uh, make sure that it's not contraindicated in you if you're on certain certain blood pressure medications, or if you're uh, you know prone to problems with vasoconstriction. Okay, so we've done runny nose, we've done stuffy nose. How about cough? Well, in the old days, we just used narcotics for cough because they are antitussive, as we say. Um, they block the uh, uh, cough mechanism. And uh, they work great. But then some genius found that the uh, D isomer. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about isomer. So some molecules are not symmetrical when it comes to handedness. In other words, you can have a left-handed molecule and a right-handed molecule. It's kind of hard to describe on the air, but just trust me. They're, the way they're, these molecules are constructed, you can't uh, uh, put them in a mirror and see the exact mirror image, okay? So uh, there's a left-handed molecule and a right-handed molecule. Just trust me, there's a left-handed and a right-handed molecule of levomethorphan, which is a very potent uh, narcotic. The right-handed molecule is dextromethorphan, and it has very little uh, properties of uh, an opioid or you may call it a narcotic. We would call it an opioid. Very little properties. You know, opioids cause uh, pain relief. They cause um, the, you know, changes in the pupils. Uh, they also cause a decrease in respiratory drive or can cause respiratory failure. And they'll also uh, decrease cough. Well, this stuff doesn't have much pain, um, uh, you know, unless you just drink gallons of it. Much uh, activity on pain, doesn't have much activity on the uh, irises of the eye, uh, doesn't suppress uh, breathing except in you know, mega doses, which you shouldn't take. But it does uh, um, uh, decrease the cough response. So apparently the receptor that these things are hitting 
uh, for cough response don't care whether the um, the molecule is right-handed or left-handed. They kind of deal with it equally. So that's kind of interesting. So that's your organic chemistry lesson for the day. Um, uh, so uh, dextromethorphan is the best over-the-counter thing for cough that you can get. Now, some people with this thing, particularly there's so much mucus being uh, uh, secreted into the lungs that you need something that will decrease um, uh, mucus production. And that for that, you got to see your primary care. I use a thing called ipratropium bromide or Atrovent inhalers for these people and uh, they'll just inhale it and uh, it decreases the mucus production, decreases the cough. Uh, but that's a really a last resort, and you're already seeing your primary care at that point. Uh, so Robitussin DM is one. Uh, uh, now, that's got a very mild solution of the dextromethorphan in it. If you want a higher dose, you can get Mucinex DM. Those are these big horse pills. Hard for kids to get down, and I think the minimum age is 12. And um, you take those and the guaifenesin that's in them is, a, um, is an expectorant, thins out mucus, allows you to cough it up easier. And then the dextromethorphan keeps you from doing unnecessary coughing. So we've dealt with runny nose, stuffy nose, cough, aches and pains. So uh, uh, aches and pains, usually as long as you don't have liver trouble or, or a binge drinker, Tylenol will take care of it. Tylenol will also bring your fever down uh, in cases where that's ineffective as long as you don't have a contraindication, which would be history of uh, you know, stomach ulcers, bleeding ulcers, bleeding problems, low platelet count, renal failure, that kind of stuff. Then you can take ibuprofen or naproxen. Uh, it's funny. When I was in training, we always thought naproxen was the dangerous one. But it turns out uh, it, it's actually less risky to take than ibuprofen is as far as stimulating things like heart attacks and stroke and stuff. So, so and naproxen uh, or naproxen lasts about 12 hours. So you could take it, just take it with food, follow the instructions on the bottle. May, again, make sure there's no contraindications to these things. Um, okay, so we've dealt with aches and pains, stuffy, runny nose, and cough. Um, uh, well, what else? Oh, sore throat. I, I, for sore throat... Um, assuming you don't have strep, you don't want to miss a strep infection, uh, that requires a visit to uh, the urgent care or primary care. But you don't, you know, they've ruled out strep. Ibuprofen for me or naproxen will make it just go away. It's the best thing for that kind of pain because it's those pains are caused by inflammation, and these things are anti-inflammatory, so they really are very effective. Uh, throat lozenges and all that stuff, cough drops and stuff, they, you know, they're basically candy. They may help a little bit and they sometimes they make you feel a little better, but uh, unimpressed. Um, and that's – oh, oh. Now, for people who have concomitant allergies, in other words, allergies that go along with all this and this is making your symptoms worse, those folks can get an over-the-counter uh, steroid inhaler. And use that as directed, nasocort, flonase, those kinds of things. I don't like flonase's um, uh, advertising because they say, well, it treats six things and six is more than one. It's like I don't need to be told six is more than one. I know, I'm aware of that. Like Florentine says, I'm not four. Um, uh, also, I don't like uh, being marketed 
and well, you all are aware of this. I don't, I don't mind adult gummies. I, I promote the use of melatonin gummies instead of melatonin pills because I think they're more bioavailable. In other words, they dissolve more readily and you get more medication. Uh, it doesn't have to leach out of this pill uh, when a gummy dissolves. But I don't like the way they market to us. That's what I don't like is, it, oh, my – my vitamin is in a delicious gummy. And it's like, shut the fuck. You know, how old are you, four? So anyway, I need Florentine here for exactly those. Maybe I could find a drop where he said, if any of you have a drop of Florentine saying that, send it to me. I've got a couple of spaces on my soundboard and I'll throw it in there. Okay, anyway. By the way, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. He's uh, cleaned it up quite a bit, and it's uh, um, uh, he, he's got some good stuff on there, including um, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. If you don't want to do the Navage, you can use a sinus uh, nasal spray. There's one on the market called Ocean Nasal Spray. You spray, 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 and then blow your nose, and you blow out all this crap. And uh, this is not an advertisement. I'm just telling you I use this stuff. Dr. Scott's sinus – you know, I give him a lot of shit, um, uh, but – this is something I cannot give him shit about, which is his Simply Herbal Sinus Rants, and it's on his website at uh, simplyherbals.net. And tell him Dr. Steve sent you. Anyway, don't forget to listen to our podcast wherever um, podcasts are heard. We are now on Spotify and I. Uh, well, we've always been on iTunes. We're on Spotify and Pandora. And don't forget the um, Amazon uh, uh, skill. I think you have to uh, enable it, but it's really easy. Uh, I'll show you what the skill is for people who haven't heard this for a while. Alexa, ask Dr. Steve for a fun fact. Check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking. Get off your rear and get some exercise. And we'll see you next week on Weird Medicine. For another fact, please say, tell me another fact. To quit, say, stop. That wasn't really a fact. Let's try another one. Ask me, tell me another fact. The Turtus maximus is not a giant constipated stool, but rather a species of Tibetan blackbird. For another fact, huh. please say, tell me another I fact. I didn't remember to that one. Say, stop. Tell me another fact. Hiccups are called singultus by doctors. Transient hiccups can be treated by swallowing a teaspoon of sugar dry, if you're not diabetic. Chronic hiccups need to be evaluated by a health care provider. For another fact, please say, tell me another fact. Let's do fact. one more, see if I can to find a funny say, one. Stop. Tell me another fact. The biggest muscle in the human body is the gluteus maximus or the muscles found in the buttocks. The gluteus maximus is the largest and strongest muscle in the human body because it helps a person stand and supports most of the upper body weight. Without it, a person wouldn't be able to sit, stand or squat, squat, squat. I love that word. For another fact, please say, tell me another fact. I swear I don't to remember say, doing this. We did stop. it so long ago. One more. Tell me another fact. The uvula sounds gross, but it's just a little hangy thing in the back of your throat. It probably triggers the gag reflex, but people still argue about its function. For another fact, okay. please say, tell me another fact. To quit, say, stop. Stop. Goodbye. There's a couple uh, – there's one about Rich Voss in there somewhere. Um, I was hoping that we would just hit it by accident. But there's 
over 200 of them in there. So you can go quite a while before you repeat one. Anyway, well, let's answer some questions. I, I think that's, that's most of it. Um, if you want to do the zinc lozenges uh, at the beginning and see if you can knock this thing out, there is some data out there that shows that that may be effective uh, in reducing the duration of the cold. I, the, you know, nobody knows the mechanism. I'm assuming it stabilizes the uh, uh, cell uh, membrane in the um, um, in the throat and decreases the virus's ability somehow to latch on and multiply. I just don't know. Uh, what it could be. And uh, it, I, I'm loath to call them homeopathic. They'll say they are, but uh, I don't think it's diluted. I mean, it's got active ingredient in it. It just is zinc iron. So um, uh, it's not classically homeopathic, but, but anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All right. Let's see. 
Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. I think that's the very first thing. Um, uh-oh. Oh, shit. Where are we? I'm in the wrong place here. There we are. Okay, thank you. Uh, hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, Andy calling in Ohio. I uh, wanted to... Uh, get your thoughts on something. I had a vasectomy about a month ago, and I still have uh, what feels like a, a little like blueberry-sized knot uh, in uh, in my scrotum, along with obviously the two testicles. Um, wanted to know if that's normal, or if that's something I should get checked out, uh, or what it might be. Um, so thanks a lot. Yeah, man. Okay, so he's had a vasectomy. And now has a little knot in there. If you remember, that's where double vasectomy Todd got his name. He had a vasectomy and had a third nut. So his was a little bigger than a blueberry, and uh, he had to have uh, that re- revised. In his case, the um, uh, third knot was a uh, spermatocele. Now, a lot of times, these things are abnormal cysts in the epididymis, which... It, People who've listened for a long time know that's an uh oh. Wait a minute, who could this be? Hello, Tacy, you're on Weird Medicine. No, I need to talk to you, really. Well, okay, <laughs> okay, I guess I better uh, pause this and talk to her. I will, uh, uh, you this will be invisible to you, but it will be uh, apparent to me. And uh, I'll be right back. I love the masturbate. I love the masturbate. All right, I'm back. I guess that's what I'm going to be doing for a while. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, yep, I needed to deal with a little uh, home business there. All right, where was I? Oh, I was talking about this uh, guy's spermatoseal. So anyway, uh, spermatoceles usually uh, develop at the epididymis, and um, it's not impossible that you can get a collection of fluid after a vasectomy. So the, vasect- the vasectomy occurs when um, a uh, doctor usually, um, or a, you know, a healthcare provider trained in the uh, technique of vasectomy, uh, ligates or um, uh, ties off and then cuts in two the tube going from the testicle into the body um, where um, it's mixed with prostatic fluid and um, uh, seminal fluid to make semen that has sperm cells in it. So if you ligate that tube, you will still have semen You'll have seminal fluid and prosthetic fluid. It just won't have sperm in it anymore. Sperm is only 2% of the uh, volume. So uh, if you're worried that you're going to go, oh, I'm going to decrease my ropes, man. It, if you can tell the difference in 2%, uh, you know, you might have had an issue uh, beforehand. But so uh, this tube comes from, uh, starts at the epididymis, which is a collection of much smaller tubules in the back part of the upper pole of the testicle. So if you want to feel your epididymis, you can do so now. 
make sort of a C-clamp with your hand and uh, reach around behind the um, scrotum and find one of the testicles. If you're using your right hand, it'll be your right testicle. And use that C-clamp uh, configuration of your hand to get your thumb at, and first finger at the upper pole of the back part of that testicle. And you'll feel this thing that when you don't squeeze it too hard, if you squeeze it just a little bit, you get that kind of feeling like you're getting kicked in the nuts. But it'll go away as soon as you let go. And that's your epididymis. And uh, sperm cells are produced in the testes and then end up in the epididymis to mature and then work their way into the uh, tube that goes from the epididymis up into the body called the vas deferens. So when you cut that, you're doing a vasectomy. So remember, otomy means to cut a hole in something. Ectomy means to just slice it uh, or remove it. So an appendectomy, you're slicing the appendix and then removing it. So um, ostomy means to make a permanent hole in something like a tracheostomy. Uh, you would make an oz. An oz means mouth. I think that's Greek for mouth. It's been a while since I've dealt with my Greek and Latin. Um, uh, the cervical oz is the hole. Uh, in the cervix of the female through which sperm travels and uh, seeks out an egg if there's one and fertilizes it if it can. So, um, you know, and that brings us back to the whole sperm thing. So uh, uh, so the vasectomy, so you uh, uh, basically are put in a dorsal lithotomy position and a.k.a. the position as if you were going to get a pap smear uh, although, you know, women used to have these things once every year. They're recommending once every three years for women over 21, and there's other criteria too. Um, but dudes, for the most part, have never had one of those. So uh, when you go to have your vasectomy, it's a very vulnerable feeling position, so you can kind of put yourself in uh, the, you know, get some understanding of what women may feel like when they go to have a pap smear done or a pelvic exam. And uh, then they'll uh, enter the scrotum, which is a lot easier than going into the abdominal cavity. So if it's the difference between a bilateral tubal ligation for a woman or you having a vasectomy, have the damn vasectomy. It's way less invasive. Uh, it's, you know, we were created in such a way that our uh, gonads are on the outside of our body in this horrific-looking, you know, pruny sack, but you can get to it really easily with a scalpel or a sharp pair of scissors. So they'll open it up, dissect out the uh, the vas deferens, uh, try not to cut any nerves while they're at it, and then they'll use a bunch of different techniques. You can cut it and fold it back in on itself, burn it, sew it together, you know, sew the pieces apart, whatever, take out a big chunk, and then sew those ends uh, uh, tight and then burn them, and whatever it takes. Uh, there's a lot of different techniques. And uh, to interrupt that flow, now the testicle's just fine doing it that way. Any sperm that don't make it up into a functioning vas deferens just are resorbed down there so that it's not like they build up a bunch of back pressure or anything. Uh, so this guy has this blueberry-sized collection. Now, this may just be scar tissue. It could be fluid. 
Um, he, he needs to see his urologist. It's a long way to say, go see your doctor um, and see if it's something that needs to be dealt with. If not, they'll let it go for a while and just watch it and see what happens with it. All right. Now, if it grows, if it starts increasing in size and gets red and painful, that's a sign that the damn thing's infected. He needs to go see somebody right then. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, man. This is Bobby in Texas. I have been getting off my stupid nuts and getting some smoke. What? My wife and I have been on this diet for a while. Okay, it's get off your asses and get some exercise, not getting off on some smoke. That's I'm, I'm, I think he's he's paraphrasing me. But anyway. A while now. And I used to be as regular as the sunrise, but now uh, I'm <laughs> I uh, I can't get one out in under ten minutes, and it, it feels like I'm about to blow my O ring out. But we ain't been eating as much junk and stuff, and all healthy stuff, replacing some meals and breakfasts with these fucking breakfast shakes and whatnot. And I am crapping logs. Is that normal? Should I be looking into stoves softeners? Ah, I'm, I'm about to drop a fucking torpedo. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Give yourself a bill. This is the first time we've had somebody act- that I know of taking a literal shit rather than a metaphorical shit on the air. I do the metaphorical shit every day um, on the air. Um, so usually cannabis... I, I wasn't sure I understood his question. Cannabis usually doesn't cause constipation. There are people that will use it to relieve constipation. I could imagine, you know, sometimes you, know, you get that dry mouth. Those are, well, and, and, and your heart racing, uh, not that I would know, but I, I so people tell me, um, those are quote-unquote anticholinergic effects. And sometimes if you are heavy into the anticholinergic effects, this can also cause constipation, so that may be what's going on. Um, people who are on low-carb diets, you would think if you're eating a lot more fiber and green leafy vegetables and stuff that you would uh, be more regular, and a lot of people uh, report increased constipation. They may go one every once every three days and then just have giant shits when they do go. So um, I if if he wants to call me back when he's not smoking, I might be able to answer that question because I didn't get a cogent question out of that. But it was very entertaining hearing him uh, drop a deuce. All right. Very good. Yeah, you guys are talking about masturbation and the stop-start system. My question is kind of uh, in that same ballpark. I was just wondering, uh, is this a thing as masturbating too much? And what is too much masturbation? Uh, you probably already asked that question, but uh, Nick from Canada. Thanks. Now, my um, old um, medical school professor would say the only time that you're masturbating too much is if you're doing it so much it's interfering with meals. In other words, if it's affecting your life and you're obsessively masturbating, that bears looking into. That could be a sign of obsessive compulsive disorder, some other uh, impulse disorder problems. But if you just like to jerk off a lot, um, that may not be a problem. Uh, now, if you have 
um, a partner and you're no longer able to get it up for them, but you can still get it up to masturbate, that's an issue in your relationship. And if you really love that person, you want to be able to get it up for them, you have to stop masturbating. That's the first thing I tell people, you know, when they say, you know, I, I just can't get it up for my spouse or my, you know, a significant other. Um, stop masturbating uh, so that you're saving all of that goodness for them and you'll be more easily stimulated by them. Now, if you, if you, you know, if you just absolutely can't get it up for them, then you got to look at your relationship and see if, uh, if everything's okay. And, uh, there could be some unresolved, uh, anger issues, or you may have just fallen and out of love with them too. That's a possibility. Uh, the scary thing about relationships like that is you really can't control that. You want to be in love with somebody and you just can't, you're not. And I had a friend in college and he said that was his biggest fear was, you know, he got married and he never knew when the sword of Damocles was going to drop because he was always afraid that his uh, spouse would just stop being in love with him uh, because you can't control it. You can't control who you fall in love with very easily and it's hard to control who you fall out of love with. So it is, uh, it is quite the mystery. Hey, Dr. Steve, I'm on metoprolol for my heart. I recently diagnosed with an allergy to almonds, and the doc gave me an EpiPen. I was looking online, and this guy listed as a major drug interaction, yep. uh, taking those two together. What advice would you have for me? Happy New Year, and you guys are fucking awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Um, there's, it's, no, it's just me, but thank you. I'll take the compliment. Um, EpiPen. So EpiPens have a drug called epinephrine in them that is a vasoconstrictor for the most part, but it also has some vasodilating activity. And uh, it's it's very interesting that um, uh, epinephrine by itself really doesn't have a big effect on mean blood pressure because it has uh, – okay, let me take a second. There's two kinds of adrenergic receptors. There's beta and alpha. So beta blockers block beta adrenergic receptors, okay? And then alpha blockers do the same for alpha. So it doesn't, don't worry about it too much. But when you um, um, use epinephrine, it has alpha adrenergic effects, not blocking effects, but uh, effects which produce vasoconstriction. And then their beta adrenergic effects induces vasodilation, okay? Now, if they're on a, a non-selective beta blocker, in other words, one of these sort of general beta blockers, the old school type, and they get epinephrine, the beta blocker prevents, you know, they're, it's blocking the beta um, um, adrenergic um, receptor, right? So you don't get the vasodilation. All you get is the vasoconstriction, and you can get a, um, a, a massive spike in blood pressure, okay? And uh, it can be significant. So uh, they recommend that people who are going to be on um, beta blockers at least be on a very selective uh, beta blocker that, that won't have this um, effect. Um, you know, in most people, it probably wouldn't be dangerous, but you don't know. So you, you don't know until it happens. 
and you don't want it to happen. Now, uh, acetabutalol, atenolol, metaxolol, bisoprolol, esmolol, and metoprolol, which if I remember that he said he, he may be on metoprolol, wouldn't be expected to cause this because they're more selective. Okay. Now, the other problem, though, there's more to it than that. If you're on a beta blocker, and you are given epinephrine, the beta blocker may block the beneficial effects of the epinephrine. And uh, so, again, um, evidence that patients who are on beta blockers have an increased incidence of severity of anaphylaxis. Um, uh, Again, these were on the non-selective beta blockers. Now, if there's any... Um, if there's any doubt whether this is going to be a problem, in other words, if you have a really severe reaction to these, you may want to consider getting on a different blood pressure medicine. Matter of fact, beta blockers these days are considered third-line therapy for most people. When I was in training in the 80s, it was first line. We put everybody on labetalol or atenolol or one of those uh, at the beginning of their hypertension. Then you'd add um, a diuretic, and then then we would add an ACE inhibitor. Now they're saying uh, ACE inhibitor first. Uh, if you're African American, it's it is different. Uh, they would uh, use a thiazide diuretic, like hydrochlorothiazide, and or um, a calcium channel blocker, and do that in those in those order because they found that that works better. If you have, uh, have African, um, if you're of African descent, those medications work better than the uh, other ones if you're not. So, uh, but on all of these, whether you're a honky or not, um, your uh, uh, beta blocker is going to be your third choice for the most part, unless there's compelling reason to use it. So, um, you know, the other thing, when I was in training in the 80s, if you put somebody on who had congestive heart failure, uh, which is a pump failure problem where people, uh, their heart can't beat a, enough blood to uh, prevent it from backing up into the lungs, basically. A simplistic answer. It was, it was um, uh, malpractice to put people on beta blockers in the 80s. Now it's malpractice not to do it. So it just shows that medical knowledge is not always perfect and it's evolving and we always are tri- striving to learn more. But anyway, so that's why. So you may want to talk to your primary and see if um, it's, uh, it might be appropriate to put you on something else. I'm not – and certainly don't stop anything based on what you hear on this show because I'm – you know, you don't know who I am. All right. Hi, Dr. Steve. I uh, love the show. I got a quick question about uh, bacterial vaginosis uh, and basically whether partners uh, could just keep basically just passing it along to each other. Um, my girlfriend and I, you know, when we get intimate, um, recently she basically caught that fishy smell and whatever. She was diagnosed with basically that, that's what it was, um, the BV. But when we would continue to have sex while she was on it, and then I wonder if I contracted that essentially and she would treat it, get rid of it, and then I would, we would have sex again, and then voila, she would have it back. So my question to you is, is it possible for partners to basically just keep passing it on to each other? And if so, um, you know, what can I do or what can she do to 
eliminated. Yeah, okay, that's a great question. So bacterial vaginosis, not really a sexually transmitted disease, not in the way that we think about it, um, is uh, an overgrowth of um, generally one bacteria called uh, Gardnerella vaginalis, but there are others that can cause it. You can diagnose this uh, due to a fishy smell of the um, mucus from the from the vagina that's usually not white and milky like some other things. Uh, there's a, a mobiluncus genera that can also cause this. Uh, we will diagnose it with a whiff test, which is where you take some of the fluid, you put a little potassium hydroxide on it and smell it. And if it smells like a fish market, then that's diagnostic. Uh, if you look at the cells under the microscope, you'll see little white blood cells with a whole bunch of uh, bacteria adhering to the cells. Um, and, I'm sorry, not white blood cells. They're epithelial cells. So they're cells from the, uh, from the wall of the vagina, and they've just got bacteria just adhering all over them like little black dots. Then that's diagnostic. So very often uh, we'll treat this with uh, antimicrobial treatment like uh, metronidazole. Uh, if you take metronidazole, you don't want to drink alcohol with that because it can block the uh, metabolism of alcohol, trapping it in, a, in, a, in an intermediate molecule called acetaldehyde make you sicker in hell. So, uh, but metronidazole pills or gel is um, recommended for this. Uh, women who have uh, multiple uh, um, episodes of this may benefit from using condoms with sexual intercourse. So uh, if you have recurrent bacterial vaginosis, you can use the metronidazole vaginal gel twice weekly for six months. They've got a boric acid uh, capsule that you can use. Um, you don't take it orally. This is intravaginally. It can kill you if you take it by mouth. So follow the directions, please. Uh, sometimes they'll do oral metronidazole and uh, fluconazole, which is a kills yeast. I don't know why they would give you that, but that's one of the CDC-recommended uh, regimens once a month. Now, treatment of partners. This is where it gets interesting. The CDC doesn't recommend treatment of partners uh, because there's no definite data to support any recommendation to treat you. There are some pub some clinical trials that show that if you treat uh, the sex partners of women with bacterial vaginosis, um, maybe it would help, but they all had were not good studies. And uh, we don't know whether treatment should, uh, you know, should be offered to partners. Um, there, there are experts that think it is a sexually transmitted disease, not an STD in the sense like gonorrhea or, uh, or chlamydia, but... Um, you know, there is some concordance in partners, particularly uh, women who have sex with women. Sometimes they'll both have bacterial vaginosis on a, on a uh, similar schedule. So it's an open question. I probably would not treat you right now uh, for this. Um, you can, um, you know, swab the outside of the male genitalia and you don't get this Gardnerella, but it probably doesn't live well there. But if it doesn't live well there, how could you be giving it to her? So um, using good hygiene and making sure that uh, um, uh, she uh, sees her OBGYN and gets treatment when it happens, probably the best course for you. All right. Thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott 
Um, can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Eton Twats, Hello Bob, Bob from Florida, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Uh, uh, listen here, my good man. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the faction. I don't know what's wrong with me. The faction talk channel. I just, I've been too lazy to get drops to put down of Riley Martin, which is exactly what I need. And um, I'm, you know, anyway, I can't do him justice. Listen, I'm not even trying. I'm just saying the words now. I'm not even trying to do it in his voice. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the faction talk channel, Sirius XM channel 103. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. And I always forget to say thank you to Lewis Johnson, and Paul Ofcharsky as well. Thank you, boys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.